Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now back to the podcast. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. We're so glad that you're here with us on the Visual Lounge. If you're new to the Visual Lounge and just tuning in for the first time, let me just do a quick overview of what we're all about. It's been a while since we've done that. My name is Matt Pierce. I'm the Learning and Video Ambassador for TechSmith. I've been with TechSmith for a long time, and we're here to help you make better images, videos, to learn all the things around making and using videos and images, whether you're doing it for training, learning, development, you're trying to get just do better work inside your organization or outside of your organization. We're here to help, and we talk to a lot of experts who are really smart and have a lot of really good things to say. So if you're here, we're glad that you're here watching. Feel free to put questions in the chat if you're with us live. If you're watching the podcast and you're listening, you're saying, how do I do that? You can always email us at thevisuallounge at techsmith.com. We're happy to answer questions, get your feedback, do whatever it is. You, you know, if you're asking us for things or telling us things that you want us to know, it's a great way to reach out to us. Now, before we get to our guest today, and I'm super excited to talk to him. We were talking before, just before this, and he's got some fantastic stories and is really super knowledgeable about workplace productivity, and which I, I'm just excited about because it's, it's something that I'm interested in as well. Hopefully you are too. So let's just jump into today's show because why wait any longer? All right. Dr. Thomas Rodell. Did I say that right, Tom? Yeah, as perfect, good as you perfect. can say. Rudel. Yeah. <laughs> Rudel. If you wanted to make it Th- Thomas Rodell, also known as Tom Solid, is founder and CEO of Which? the Paperless Movement. For the yeah, last Tom Solid, 16- much easier. Much easier, much easier. For the last 16 <laughs> years, Tom worked in big industries and academic institutions, solving the exact same productivity problems that so many others are experiencing right now when they try to leverage the digital world. Most feel busy updating systems and overwhelmed finding information, but not productive at all. During his time working in corporate, Tom helped increase productivity on multiple teams in various industries as much as 60% throughout the implementation of effective project management tools and more importantly, digital work conventions. Tom's experiences led to create the i framework, which is at the core of the paperless movement, and the framework that he coaches inside the paperless movement membership. With that said, it's a mouthful for me, but we're so glad to have Tom Solid on the Visual Lounge. Welcome, Tom. Hi, everybody. Good to have be on the show. Thank you very much, Matt, for the invite. Yeah, we're we're, we're glad that you're here. Uh, you know, I've been I've spent a, a quite a bit of time over the last couple of weeks watching your videos, trying to get to know you a little bit through the world of the of the wide web that it is. So let's start broad here for our audience. I'm sure many of them have not had a chance to hear of you or the work that you do. Tell us a little bit about yourself um, and a little bit about the paperless movement, what that's all about. Sure, um, where shall I start? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a long journey actually. Um, 2017, it was really the time when I first got the first iPad Pro uh, with an Apple Pencil. And I was able to test this on a conference. Um, this being said, that this time I was working in big industry as a business analyst uh, in a team and was overwhelmed with paper notebooks and didn't know how to organize my notes. 
So I thought this is the time to do this and got the iPad Pro and made a video on my already existing YouTube channel, which was back then about music production and tutorials. Um, and uploaded a video about what tools I use with my iPad Pro, handwriting, note-taking apps, good notes, people who know iPad know, know these tools as well. And yeah, there was interest there um, of many of you out there who are still with me but from the very video onwards. And I really got excited because I was able to share my passion then um, because in my real life, in, in my day job, I was trying to struggle myself through this um, digital world as well, which was not a thing, even in the big industry I was working in. I expected a lot more proper setup, project management tools. So I came from academics, I made a PhD, went into industry and I thought, now this is it. But yeah, it is not there. And switching from a paper notebook to an iPad doesn't solve anything. So it, it just gets worse because on a paper notebook, you have some methods to be productive mm -hmm. um, and that you have to choose from and forms how to be productive. But in the end of the day, you have a paper notebook or maybe a planner or something like that. You go into the digital world. Then you have to decide from the methods, but also from the tools. And this really becomes a challenge then. And then when, then you start switching tools and scattering information on different systems. And this is the, the, the downward spiral I was in as well. And yeah, by setting conventions and building up my own ticketing system on short SharePoint basis and things like that, I was able to implement KPIs. And um, for, for people who don't know KPIs, key performance indicators. So I was actually to show the numbers that in productivity increased in our team. And um, by implementing this system and laying down conventions, responsibilities, we were able to increase the team performance by 60%. And uh, well, this was pretty successful. So I was in other teams. I became a team leader myself in IT where I implemented Asana for 800 people there. And uh, on a, as a side hustle, I grew the Paperless Movement and the YouTube channel and the Paperless Movement membership. I had a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching calls with my members there. And this is where the final solution, uh, in my point of view, is the iCore framework that I came up with, which is the outcome from the calls that I had there. Um, iCore stands for Input, Control, Output, Refine. And it's is defines the productivity system end-to-end. -end. So my idea behind this is that it should it is a tool agnostic approach. So the, the real issue I always see, people say, what's the best note-taking app on Twitter? And people answer Notion or Evernote or whatever. Um, and I don't like these answers because there is no context to this answer. Mm -hmm. And every person is different and has different needs and teams are different and what other tools they are working with that needs to work together and things like this. This is what we talk about in the paperless movement, the very basics, what is a priority what and what tools work good with each other. Um, so we have a lot of team managers, man, upper management people, CEOs in the, in the paperless movement who have the same struggles. Um, and this is where we go into ICOR and then we, play, then we, then we understand what we actually need and then we will find the right tool that fits this need or yeah, fits this need. Um, and then we go from there. So I, I'm really worried about um, a lot of 
causes or you know notion is a good example so there are so many templates out there and downloading a template can be very overwhelming uh, if you don't understand the basics of the tool and how it functions so this is this is where the paperless movement is here that we teach people that's the vision behind this that uh, we have every uh, the mission <laughs> um, <laughs> we have every struggling paperless pioneer to actually start leveraging the digital world instead of just consuming it. And um, that that's not just copy-pasting a paper notebook into the digital world, but also showing what else we can do in the digital world, what so many people still don't realize. There's so much more how to become more efficient than just taking notes with a, with an Apple Pencil. Um, yeah, I keep, I can keep talking. <laughs> so you have to interrupt me. This yeah, you me. well, you've got a whole channel. Making videos, talking to myself. So, <laughs> I, well, so I love it. And you know, and as someone, so I'm I'm gonna just be really honest with you. I've had the paper notebooks. I've done Notion. Yeah. I've done Notability. I've done Apple Note, and I've got like things all over. So I love what I've been learning about your system, and I think it's really mm. fantastic. And and you know. Somebody's probably watching this or listening to this thing like, well, what the visual lounge, what does productivity have to do with visuals? And and that's what I want to talk yeah. to you about and shift gears a little bit because you obviously have these systems and there's lots of information. If anyone wants to go learn about Tom's system, there's ways to do that. We don't need to, to spill all the secrets here. But I, I'm curious for you because I, I, I happen to, to know that you've made a video about Snagit. I actually watched the one that you made in December 2020 and really great. Uh, great job making that video, but aside from Snagit, what what role does do images? Let's start with images first. What role do images have in productivity um, in your mind? Because I I think you know I get like Apple Notes, like taking notes, even whether it's paper or not. You know, like taking notes makes sense to keep track of things and ideas. Um, you know, obviously having systems to put things, organize things, makes sense. But for you. What's the role or the value of, of having visuals, whether screenshots or, or otherwise? Yeah. Um, so going back into big industry, I was working in a highly uh, complex um, area. So I was working in pharma industry, a lot of compliance there and a, lo a lot of rules that you have to follow. And I started as a validation expert, so I was responsible for the processes, filling the, the drugs and things like that. And um, there are a lot of SOPs, so standard mm -hmm. operating proce procedures, and there were 40, 50 pages long, and we had hundreds of them to learn. And it is always, and you know, you agree that you read and understood all these SOPs. And I said, there must be a simpler way everything needs to be simplified in order to really ensure that people read and understand this stuff. And this is when I came up with, and this is already um, six years ago, where I came up with that we should use videos in, rather than text explaining the stuff. And eventually it became, it was allowed to actually create videos which can replace written text. Um, really excited about this. So this is one thing. I was always visual driven. I always, uh, if you watch my channel, I talk a lot about Miro as well, which is a, um, a whiteboarding tool, but I use it as for mind mapping and mm -hmm. I call it uh, creative research. So I need a place where I can really throw in everything and then connect the dots with each other. So I have the visual 
way to see at it. And again, Snagit comes in play. So I make a screenshot, I drag and drop it out directly into Miro. And this is a flow. I don't want to have friction at any point when I'm researching and then switching tools and then try to paste it in. This is just draining energy. Um, and there again, you can drag in even video snippets into the mind map. So I have a connection of everything and also short explanation. So this is one part of my personal um, knowledge management or creative research, as I said. The other thing is really when I'm talking to my team in the paperless movement now, so I'm 100% uh, working in the paperless movement as the founder and CEO and having an own team. So I'm no longer in the, in the industry. I'm now coaching <laughs> people in the industry. Mm -hmm. Happy to do that. Um, and in the in I mean, we are using slack for communication for communication and there again when i want to explain something i rather do a quick re um, video recording or screen recording and share it with the person in slack an advantage now with slack i just published a video about this on my channel as well that slack is transcribing the video so it becomes searchable and this was always another friction point or actually uh, hindering me that I rather wrote it down as a text message so I be it became searchable for later on rather than sending a video or an audio message. Now we can do this and it becomes even searchable for later on. And I think this is this is awesome. So Snagit was from the very beginning, there was one of the tools that was available in a, in a job I was working as well um, until to date, always on the way um, with me. And yeah. So these are the main points for for using videos to me. Yeah, I, well, I love that. And I did not know that Slack would uh, trans, tr you said transcribe the video, which is fantastic yeah. because uh, you're right. Videos videos are great, but if you can't find that video ever again, makes it makes it very difficult. Let's yeah. let's talk about that friction. Can we talk a little bit about that? The friction you mentioned, you know, that when you're switching yeah. tools or tools don't work together well, um, it seems like when you, there, there can be friction with just images as well, right? Like using images can feel kind of heavy and, and, and weighted. So, and even maybe even context of visuals, right? Like if you grab a screenshot, for instance, and it's like, you're not sure where it came from, what the surrounding context is. So how do you, how do you think about when you're grabbing images? Are you just kind of grabbing whatever and you know putting it in because it you'll make sense to you, or are there thoughts around what you grab and how you you go about maybe processing the image? Are you you know adding other things to it, annotations, or you know doing other things so it makes more sense in context of whether it's your your knowledge whiteboard or you're sharing it with a a coworker? Yeah, um, I come back to the iCore framework here. So in the input part, we are not talking about tools. We are talking about the type of information that we collect into our system. And the control part is then how to manage the information that we collected. So when I when I think about taking screenshots, that's actually input actions that I do there um, as soon as I bring it somewhere else. And then it really depends on what type of information I collected there so or that I want to share. So as you already mentioned, I might have something where I have a three-step thing. So I make a screenshot and say, first go here, then go here, then go here. If this is a very simple explanation, I rather make a screenshot and describe screenshot and describe it this way, which is easily done in Snagit, um, rather than doing a video recording. 
Um, and the other thing is what I really like is the panoramic um, screenshotting that you can mm -hmm. do. So you can actually scroll down websites and then you have a long form image um, everything stick together. And this is another advantage that I like. So I can make a picture from the whole website and put it into my mind map and then make annotations on there. Um, yeah, it, it really depends on. And I just, just something I want to add to the videos, when I actually reach out to customer service for some tools, or if, I, if I have any issues, I do a quick video, video recording and I do, I use either uh, Loom for that or I use, if I want to have any reactions to this, or if I, or I use Snagit for the recordings um, because we can use, um, what is it called? Screencast, yeah? The, yep. the platform where we can upload this. Um, so, and I'm just sharing the link with the support and everything becomes just more efficient just sharing the link and I say, hey, watch the video. You see exactly what my issue is and then come back to me instead of I'm writing this paragraph. They're sending back, I did not get this one. Can you explain this more? And we all know this back and forth in the emails. So yeah, this is another way I leverage this uh, screen recordings. Oh, and one more way I'm using it actually for my uh, YouTube videos and also courses. So um, when I need to re record anything, like um, an ex quick explanation that I forgot to record in a screen recording, I will just up start Snagit, record it. And the thing that I like is that it opens up an editor and I just need to drag and drop it into my video editor. It already be, is in the right format. And, and this is really, yeah, there is no friction in this way. Instead of going into the finder, opening the folder, finding the file, and then even convert it into a proper file or things like this. This is really the point where I always come back to Snagit and that also I have the history. It sounds really like that I'm, I'm bought here and that you pay, you pay me for that. <laughs> no, but, no, 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 no. Uh, if, if, you, if you watch the video uh, about Snagit, you, I talked about this as well. So I'm really leveraging the advantages there. Um, well, let me yeah, ask you. No, let me, no other let's tool for me for this. Tom, let's shift yeah. gears a little bit because I don't want you to feel like you're just pitching Snagit. We're appreciative of you talking about it. That's never <laughs> our goal here uh, is to get people to talk about product. We're, what I'm curious about, so if, let's say I'm working for a company and I come to you and uh, I, I just want to get more effective in my, I want to increase my product. Like I'm guessing people come to you for coaching for increasing their product productivity. They they may have no system. They may have some system. They may be, think they have a really great system. And, and you were to give me, give someone advice about, about, you know, again, I'm not asking about necessarily about screenshots, but just in general, what, what advice could you give someone about like what the, when to use visuals? And you, you talked about kind of that creative gathering of ideas. Are there other times you're like, you, you mentioned a few things like video for your team, like to help explain things. Um, but are there other things that you find like, gosh, video or video or images, both just make so much sense to cut down, maybe it's reducing friction, maybe it's just improving clarity and understanding um, or, or some other purpose. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be screenshots and I don't, I don't know what kind of other imagery you use. You know, I used to be a sketch noter. So when I would draw in my mm -hmm. notebook, I'd have draw little images, to, you know, icons to give me ideas and reminder me of what it was. But so yeah. any, any advice around, around that front? 
Yeah, so um, video and images is involved in everything we do in the paperless movement and that I do. And the, the I-Core coaching heavily involves finding a single source of truth. So everything that we do should have a purpose and a, a defined place where we put it to. Otherwise, we build up friction in our brain again. We don't. It, it was actually my own experience sitting in a meeting to a point where I stopped taking notes at all because I knew when I write it down in some notebook that I had there, I won't find it later on anyway. Um, until I came up with, okay, I have to find a system where I really place it. And then I realized, okay, there's different type of information that needs to be placed differently. And all this is now the golden thread through everything that I decide to do. So getting back to your question now, um, when I when I have a, a first call with a team member and I'm explaining something that I do and this team member should do from now on, it is recorded. Okay, the, I, I show it already once. So I know already from experience how many times we actually show people for the 10th time the same thing. But I always wonder why people don't come up with the idea themselves that they just write it down somewhere or place it somewhere. So I, the, all this is involved in the overall onboarding process. I show it, it will be recorded. And then actually I make the team member writing a summary SOP themselves for themselves out of this video recording. And this gives me again the confirmation that this person understood what I actually explained there. If not, then I need to explain it. If I go, if I need to go back uh, and explain it again, we always try that it is a video recording. We just, you know, one hour video recording, nobody will watch this again. So mm -hmm. I try to cut it down and we have awesome tools now, for example, Descript, okay? Um, I do use Descript a lot uh, for people who don't know this. You can upload your video into this program. It's available on the cloud, but also on your computer. It will transcribe your video. And then you can, you have the text, the transcript of your video next to the video. You can actually delete sentences or words and it will cut your video into pieces at the same time. So when you delete one sentence, it will cut out this part of the video as well. And this is just highly efficient when you have a one hour interview and you want to have some snippets for social media sharing or something like that you just select this paragraph and say okay make a, a snippet out of this right. but you are working inside text instead of going through the video listening to everything this is all the things where i think um yeah try to yeah the the kiss principle maybe some of you know this uh, keep it Kiss, keep it yeah. simple, stupid is the, the acronym. Yeah. yeah, so so I love that. Um, so can I can I share with you? So I don't know if you've seen this, but we have some data. We actually, uh, we did some research. We asked some uh, data scientists and some other really smart people to run some research on the value of visuals. And I know you haven't seen this and, you know, I'm sometimes hesitant to, to share things and, you know, I don't want to catch you off guard, but this, there's a whole report and anyone who wants to go get this, uh, I will drop it. I'll give it to Jesse so she's got it. But so the the idea is looking at the value of visuals. So the things you're kind of talking about right here, the visuals are in everything. Uh, this is what it looks like. One of the things that the, the researchers did that I, I'm not smart enough to do is they looked across uh, kind of GDP and kind of the impact it could have. And uh, so it's what you're saying about productivity is speaking to me and this, and I thought about this is, the potential visual communications productivity boost. And 
people, you'll have to, everyone watching, listening will have to go through and read what that means because I'm not, again, probably gonna be able to have time to describe it all. But basically, if people use more visuals, and I did, Tom, just your gut feel, does this seem accurate? That basically per worker savings based on average annual hours and GDP per hour in geography. So that so the average U.S. worker and companies of like I think they said about 500 uh, in size would save per workers about or they'd save about uh, $1,700 in the DOC region. So Germany, Austria, Switzerland is about 1,300. I just thought this was really interesting based on what you're talking about. It's just, if we can be more productive, that has real tangible outcomes. Um, what, are your, yeah. what are your thoughts? Does that seem right to you that it's kind of th that big of a difference? <laughs> I mean, you talked about that, your experiences early on with, uh, or I just didn't say early on, but when you were working through Asana and seeing that productivity boost, um, how do you, have you seen that real world consequence for your, the organizations you've done work for in terms of like saving them actual money? Oh yeah. Saving them actual money. And yeah, I did this. As I said, you can imagine saving a five head team, 60%, uh, uh, team performance increase. This was big, but, uh, my goal wasn't to give them more productivity, but free up time because we were all overworked. The real issue is I, that I saw, you know, in many places, not only where I work, but also for my clients, as soon as time frees up, managers tend to fill it up with new stuff. Yes. So the team becomes more efficient. And instead of celebrating that they do this and they can have Friday off, for example, um, it will be filled up again. So this means they produce more and more and more and more and it becomes even more overwhelming. So the tendency is then that people become, you know, slower and they say, okay, um, maybe I go to the toilet again, maybe I go to the coffee. Um, and this is a bad behavior. So I made a, I, I wrote a productivity guide, which is called, um, that's for my members, um, a busy versus productive. And this is exactly the thing. We have this, this attitude that we always need to look busy the whole day. Otherwise, if, if somebody tells you, asks you, how are you? And you don't say, oh, I'm so busy again, uh, then you are not working. And this is right. really the bad attitude. So when I work in my team, when I say, uh, can you do this in four hours? And this person does it in one hour. I don't care what he does with the three rest hours. Okay. So I, I would say, and, and I'm the same. Um, this is intelligent and very efficient doing this. If I expect it in four hours and this person does it in one hour, why should I fill up the rest three hours now? This, this goes the wrong direction. And I always like the, the principle for Google where they have in their contract, as far as I know, that um, you have an 80% uh, work day and the rest of the 20%, you can do your own project inside a company using the company's resources. And actually, Gmail was created out of one of these 20%. Um, and this is, this is really the way, the, the way I think where people have fun working again. And Corona, I think um, where, when COVID hit and people went home, um, 
in, in my in, in my team actually team efficiency never dropped because we had already all the digital systems in place when I come came home it was just running the same way um, but I think a lot of more people realized now with the digital systems and being at home that it takes away a lot of tension and pretending to do something the whole day um, if it is not really necessary. I don't know if, if I explained it the right way. Matt, you have to give me some. Yeah. No, uh, that's, I, I, no, it's making sense. <laughs> I think everyone's going to want to work for you, Tom, if you're, if you're like saying we set this <laughs> yeah, amount of time. I, yeah, I pay you four hours. You only have to work for one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, of course. I, you know, the, the reason why I say that, that's the, that's the other issue on the other end that be the, the project planning um, that we have these gun charts and two-year planning and all this and this is where agile and scrum comes into play then mm -hmm. that we don't know how long things take even if we have our own tasks this is really a question when i set down due dates in my to-do list um am i really sure that i need one hour for this it's usually the thing that i sit two hours on one thing that i expected for one hour another thing is done in 10 minutes and As long as it is not a recurring task, I will never be able to optimize this. So when I say you can have four hours because this is my gut feeling and it takes one hour, okay. If it is a recurring task and we realize, okay, it doesn't take that long, we shorten this down. But right. not to a point where it increases pressure. So you should always have a buffer on this end. And this is why projects, the 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 typical project management always fails. Nobody can tell me this. I saw so many project managers sitting in the room, the door is closed saying, oh my God, no budget, no time. We will never hit their goals. The door opens and so, yeah, of course, we will, we will do it, we will do it. Then they end the project, everybody does high five and who does who finished the project two years later? Operations. So this <laughs> is, yeah, just uh, what I see in so many uh, industries. So that's not only my experience. That's yeah. what we tackle with. And just to close the loop here, And this is, comes back to conventions and, and also for how to create videos, how to make screenshots and all this. Uh, project management, the um, task management in general, if there is no priority, what, a prior, what actually a priority is set, for example, what does urgent mean or what does um, high mean, priority high, then um, it will never work this out because people will always finger point. People will always find way to find excuses. And if in a project, that, that's something also I saw so many times, and this is what we talk in the I-Core framework as well, in our I-Core program. Um, one thing is priorities. So in the paperless movement, for example, we have a conventions SOP where we say urgent means business is interrupted. So if you don't fix this right now, like the website is down, We will lose money. We will anger our members and all this. So we have to stop everything else and do this now. If we have high priorities, this is aligned with our goals that we have set. And uh, normal priorities is something that you can fill up whenever you finish the high priority task. There's nothing else. Then you go to the normal priority task, which usually are optimizations and things that we should do. And um, then we have the load priority. And this is then... Um, just ideas or someday maybe that we review over time and see if it increases in priority. That's just a simple way how we do prioritization. But in my real life, in, in my day job, this just was saving our 
I was team leader of two teams before I left the company. And, you know, it was great. At the point when I left the company, everything was working smooth. So I thought it was a good point to leave then. <laughs> so, <laughs> For sure. But, um, the, yeah, I thought this needs to be what I achieved there. I really want to see this more. We have so many productivity tools and people keep searching for the right tools to solve the problems. But then they get this. They have a salesperson from Asana or from Trello or from whoever, and they make a good sale there for a big company, and then they implement the tool. And then the boss comes in and says, okay, we are using Trello now. And nobody knows, you know, many people don't know how to use it, and the boss doesn't know it. Salesperson is gone. And um, then they have to struggle through it. And it always comes back. Nobody thought about what is a priority, what are due dates actually, is it a due date or is it a due date? So we have to do it on this day, things like this. And responsibilities, working in projects. I always saw it. This person is responsible for this and this person, I said, this is already the wrong road. You have to define departments. You have to define functions who is responsible for this. What if this person leaves tomorrow? Then we have to fill the function, not the person. And yeah, I could go on and on <laughs> like this, but it, it's the same for videos and screenshots. Um, it's the same thing. If you show people that we can be much more efficient making a screenshot, but also defining where to place this, the single source of truth, we become more efficient. And maybe one last anecdote. Please, please. <laughs> the, okay, good. Uh Meeting behavior, okay? I was sitting in so many meetings and most of the meetings are just redundant. Um, and the issue I saw there until I started blocking my time and saying, uh, sorry, if you don't have even an agenda, I don't even attend this uh, meeting. You have to be brave to do this, I tell you that. But uh, it works. And what I realized there especially in, in big corporate. You sit in this meeting and the bigger the company, maybe there's even one person taking notes during the meeting so the experts can talk. So a person who is not the expert will actually do the notes. And then you leave the meeting, then you will be sent a meeting minutes via email, which obviously gets dumped into the archive because you just had the meeting. Why should I read this again? And then two weeks later, you have exactly the same meeting, talking about the same thing again, because everybody forgot that this was already discussed. And this is where I think if a single source of truth is defined, then it's just taking away all this back and forth. So how I see this, one, I'm not saying it's a single source of truth, only one. It can be for different things. So for example, project management, there's a single source of truth where the project is uh, managed or tracked in. So when I have a meeting and we're talking about a specific task in corporate or it doesn't matter what, then we open up this tool where we have the project tracked in and we open up the task and whatever is discussed gets into the comment section there and it, uh, you know and we write it down. Then we have a next meeting, we take it down again. Whenever a person leaves this group or the project group, another person, person comes in, just opens this task and sees the history, history of everything that was discussed. So there's no like, uh, you know, training on the job and things like this needed. He can just go in there and go exactly through this, what, what was already discussed. And yeah, just by implementing such simple behavior changes, this is 60% performance improvement is easily done in such cases. Yeah. 
Well, I, you know, I'm already thinking about the things that I can do differently, which is good. That means I'm learning something today, which I, I love. <laughs> uh, I mean, just even, even the thought that like, if you've got a project, we've got, because we were Asana users at TechSmith and we've got projects yeah. and we've got project cards and the notes don't yeah. end, usually end up in there. They end up in like a Google Doc or SharePoint. I mean, even there we've got two. So I, I'm loving this idea and yeah. I'm loving that even that you could capture things as, you know, ideas are coming in with visuals and things like that. Um, so what, one thing I want to ask, I, I want to shift gears just a little bit because you've been very successful on YouTube and I, I, I want to acknowledge that, you know, to have, uh, I think you're 61,000 subscribers or so and growing, yeah. which is, which is amazing. You started just yeah. for even starting a couple of years ago. Can we talk a little bit about your, your video process? And I don't necessarily care about the tools. I'm, I'm interested, like you have an idea. And like, what does it look like for you to build one of these videos in terms of kind of the ideation to like, you know, do you script? Do you not script? Do you, like, how do you get from start point to delivering it to to your audience on on say YouTube or in in your membership? Do you have a kind of a pattern that you're? I'm, I'm assuming as a productivity guy, and you you've got patterns to eliminate efficiencies. But what does that look like for you? Yeah. Um... You know, it started with one video, but then I took it very serious within a few months. And then I founded the Paperless Movement in 2018. And from there, yeah, this is what you see now. And I grew this channel as a side hustle and the whole business around it. And this is only possible if the systems are in place. So I only had one uh, freelancer helping me with copywriting, which is just that I wrote the German or the, the way that the German English there and I had a native speaker to actually improve the the text there because I always from the day one I wanted to provide highest quality so this is what I always have in mind I'm always reaching to the next level and when it comes to video recording and all this I'm a creative person so whenever I have an idea I need to instantly be able to create a video out of this or, or do it just right away um, and therefore everything had to be set in place. So I had my table where like now here, so this is the new studio, but in the old one, I had this already. So there was a table, I had an overhead camera, which is going down and I have one like this. So I invested money into two cameras just mm -hmm. to take away the friction to take down the camera, put it there, change the settings and all this. This way I was recording both and I learned multicam recording so I can easily switch between the things. Started uh, the, the most efficient way was then when I started using OBS and live streaming, but I was actually recording all the stuff. So I was able to even run the, the lower thirds and the intro and all this, something like you did here now as well in the Ecamm. Um, but then the quality lacked because this was no longer... Um, well, it was connected with the computer. That's going into too much uh, technical <laughs> detail here. But then it comes to the programs again. So you said not talking about the tools, but this is very session, uh, essential. So I was using Adobe Premiere to make the videos back then. And I started more and more going to Apple. I was a Windows user for a long time. Then I switched to Apple. Then I um, realized, oh my God, I can even edit videos on a MacBook Air. That's insane. So I switched to Final Cut Pro and I really found the, the flow in there. But it's a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. um, and there again, I started 
getting a stream deck and programming um, shortcuts for the video editor in here. So instead of reaching out, looking at my keyboard and making three keys, I had one key here that I pressed and I instantly boosted the video editing process. So this was growing. And last year, I was actually growing my team up to seven people where I thought, okay, I can now outsource all this and I want to uh, be more for the coaching and be more available for the community. But I realized the quality dropped. So I had a mm. media editor and I, I think there were really good people, but um, I am not a professional video editor, but I always had a feeling that I can deliver more. So I didn't blame the video editor. It was that the processes weren't in place. So I didn't define what I actually need to have, what quality standards do I want to have, what video codec do we need, use, and so on. But I was in the process by quitting my job, moving houses, building actually a new house, what we still do, building the new studio, and then managing all the people. So this is the reason why I reduced the team size again. Did now that I'm doing this 100%, do all the videos on my own again from start to finish, and now very carefully optimizing these processes. And so I'm very clear whenever I reach out again and say I'm looking for a video editor, that I know exactly what this person needs to do and what this person needs to do more. Obviously, there are experts out there who can do much more better job than me, but then I know what it is actually that I want this person to be better and I'm happy to pay them because this is then an easy calculation. I count myself an hourly rate and if I say, okay, if I save eight hours by, you know, when I do a long form video or something like that and somebody else can do this, this is uh, easy calculations to say, okay, this is at least the budget that I can pay a video editor outsourcing this and I'll freeze up my time to be more working on the business instead of inside the business. Yeah. Does this answer anything that you ask for? <laughs> yeah, the efficiency <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the videos. And this is now the thing. I'm just finished this. I get an idea. I sit like click up. They just announced that they have now awesome new things and so on and a whiteboard. So, Instantly, I was able to sit down, click record. Everything is recorded. Within 15 minutes, I had a video live. And this was not a thing uh, a year ago. So I'm really at the point where it becomes really hard for a video editor coming in, matching the efficiency in video editation with the same quality standards. But yeah, once you define this, you can also teach others doing the same thing for you. That's Does awesome. That make sense? Yeah, let me follow up with that. So let, we'll take that ClickUp video that you did. I think I, I, if it's the newest one on your channel, I, I watched that as well, just to, okay. again, trying to get to know you a little bit. When you sat down to like, okay, there's this new thing. It's, there's an, there's an, some advantage if you can be the first to talk about it or early person to talk about it. Did you write an outline? Did you have kind of key, th do you have key things that you know, like, okay, I'm going to say these things? Or are you, are you at the point in your career and your knowledge that you just like, I, you can just talk about it? You know, I think I, I have certain things I can, I know I can just, I can talk about. There's other things, mm. I better have a script, right? So I'm, I'm just curious yeah. kind of in that part of the process, you're, you've seen this thing, you're going to be making a video about it. How do you make sure you're saying the right things through that process? Yeah, good question. Um, I had a teleprompter as well um, and was having uh, scripts for specific videos. 
And I think I did a good job that it still sounded natural. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to fun, and I wanted to have fun again doing these videos and being spontaneous, and you know, there if you go to my old videos, there was a lot of things. A fly landed on my head, and and things like this. You can't script this, and <laughs> I wanted to get back to this. And I think I have a lot to say. So if you ask me something, you realize already I can talk for an hour about whatever it is. <laughs> So this is when uh, ClickUp or anything else that I'm already in there, I share my opinion. I don't say this is the only truth. And this is really hard on YouTube. You see a lot of productivity channels. They have a lot of knowledge to share and how things work, but it is out of the books. And I'm coming from uh, industry, so I'm not trying to... tell students how to be more productive i'm you know i attracting already the people who realize oh my god i know exactly what he's talking about so i talk about this and i talked about this in corporate and uh, i know this is edgy uh, if you like and maybe um as i said brave being like this in corporate but it's so important to be like this because in the end of the day i was always true to myself And this way I was able to grow and climb up the ladder because you are authentic. And I realized when I use scripts, um, they are even optimized by a copywriter or something like that. This is no longer me. And if people go into the comments and say, oh my God, stop stop speaking English, my ears are bleeding. (laughs) Usually these are Germans saying that, by the way. Um, (laughs) Then I have to ignore them because I want to stay true to myself. And if I lose this, this was the decision when I said I go 100% paperless movement, then it will be 100% me. So um, this is why I do rarely scripts. So I have long-form videos where I talk about um, the KISS principle, for example, where I really want to nail down certain things so I, I say them right. Um, but they, this is very time-consuming. And in the end of the day, when you look at the traction on YouTube or the traffic, then it's not as, um, yeah, it's not engaging enough. Mm-hmm. That that's how that's how. So I, or, or another perspective on this, I rather record now one hour me talking and cut it down to ten minutes because the cutting process is so efficient now. Um, then because this was the first advantage having a script. This is really great. You read the script down, three minutes later, the video is finished. You might have repeated one part and then you cut this out, done. Having something spontaneous and talking free flow, then you have a lot of uh, jump cuts to do there. Um, Yeah, but right now I have fun doing these edits. And usually during the video editing process, I realize, oh my God, this is fun. And now we could just move the parts. So it is, Yeah. yeah, it depends on the personality how, what you like to do. I know there are, there are different terms like the creative and the integrator or the, is it, no, the visionary and the integrator. So um, if you're an integrator and like things like this, then probably it's more straightforward having a script. Yeah, probably yeah. you don't ask me anything else because you... <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I actually that. love it. Uh, it reminds me, you talked about the fun, and I think sometimes, you know, a lot of the TechSmith audiences, corporate, you know, individuals working in corporations or businesses or nonprofits, you know, they're they're doing business type work. And I, I watched your Apple Notes 
uh, for iOS 15. And I think it was there was a lot of T words, I believe, in there that you just kind of struggled with. Uh, with your, you know, yeah, this is really the thing. That's a very good example. <laughs> I get exp uh, complaints in the comments below. They say in the title you say it's Apple Notes, but you keep saying Evernote. Why do you talk about <laughs> Evernote instead of Apple Notes? Which is, and I said, okay, even if it sounds like this, but I show Apple Notes. It's in the title. Why do people even? Okay, so I really do my best to say Apple, Apple, even Apple Pencil. Why did I choose Apple? I mean, God, the only <laughs> thing that I can pronounce right, I, I choose this. But they say it's Epi Pencil that I always say. So, yeah, it's fun. You have to, you have to, you know, don't take it too serious. I even thought getting a T-shirt which says Epi Pencil. Whatever. I love it. I love it. Well, I love the humanity yeah. of it. Like it, it's very real, and I think that's uh, a very important piece. Well, well, Tom, uh, we, we this is, uh, sorry to interrupt you, no, but please. this is the very important thing. And I also say, say this to my members, and I want to make this that this comes across properly. I'm in the same boat, and we are all in the same boat on the digital journey here. Um, it is very young still what we can do in a digital world, and so so less people still understand. The difference maybe is that I'm maybe further down the road um, and others in our membership are already more experienced. But when we work together and we can share this experience with each other, we can just grow very quickly. Don't think that you have no idea what to do and everybody is so experienced and so productive. Usually it's only pretending. I never met anybody, me included, who is highly productive. And there's the journey will never end. It's called continuous improvement after all. Well, I love it. Well, we're, we're going to wrap up here soon, but before we do that, we do something here on the Visual Lounge called our speed round questions. So these are fast, meant to be fast, short answers. So let's jump into that right now. Okay, Tom, first, 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 funny. <laughs> first speed round question for you. Uh, what's the thing you're still working on that you wish it was more efficient, effective, uh, that you haven't gotten to optimize yet? Yeah, my overall productivity system. Um, so we talked about iCore and the R in iCore is refine. So I came to the point where I say, get started, set up your productivity system and just use it. And then you realize where are your bottlenecks and your friction points and then refine. And I'm still in this process. I'm, I'm trying to connect everything together, um, but I'm, I'm not happy, happy about this. I would be happy if something like ClickUp would be the all-in-one solution, but usually something is missing, then you have to use something else. And then I try to find something that fits into my system. Never do the thing that I did as well, and I know many others do, switching tools too quickly, and then mm -hmm. you destroy everything and you start from scratch. So this is just where I think I realize now what my system is on what the bottlenecks are and then very rarely start switching tools or functionalities. Um, and one last advice here in this regard is that I developed for this a sandbox mode in my brain where I say, okay, now I'm allowed to use a new tool. Maybe you have a project like me uh, building a new house. This is separate from the business. So I use, for example, craft because I wanted to test it out. And I do this one project, which has a start and end in this tool and see how it works and if I could switch things. Well, I love that. And it might answer our next question in speed round is, uh, I mean, obviously there's a lot of people trying to figure out 
just to figure out what their system is. It's going to work for them. Yeah. So what's one thing we could do that would have the biggest difference on our effectiveness slash productivity? Sitting down, try to write down a flowchart of your actual work that you need to do. You can do this on paper. You can... Uh, just think about not the tools, not the technology. What is it actually that you do day in, day out? And if you have a recurring task or anything that you do on a daily basis, start with this, write it down, and then you see visually in a complete different way what it is that you want to solve there. And from this point, you can go then and find the right tool that fits your workflow here best. And we are here to help you to find the right tools. We are building databases where we can actually ask these questions. I'm in this and this situation. What tool works best? But always start with the basics. Don't think about the tool and don't listen to the salesperson. Perfect. I love that. So when you're, you're, you're you mentioned you're a creative person and you like doing creative projects, where do you turn for your inspiration? Where are you looking? What's helping you to, to feed that creativity? Oh, uh, well, actually, I have to do things to shut down my brain. So I'm a gamer as well. When the evening starts, I need to do something where I don't have to think so much because this is a, a curse as well, having so many ideas, and then you try to follow each of them and you never get anything done. So, yeah, focus um, is, is not a strong part for a creative pe person, I would say. So, um, what, what, what was the question again? See, where, where do you go for inspiration? <laughs> like what? Yeah, I go, any... yeah. <laughs> 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 While I was saying that, I already had 10 new, new ideas. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, but that I makes love that it idea. Also hard on YouTube. That makes it also hard on YouTube. So mm -hmm. I would have a lot more subscribers if I would just st stick to handwriting note taking apps and doing this over and over and over again, the algorithm would love me. But I get bored so very quickly, so I need to test new things and talk about this. And this is where we just stick there yeah. to this. Well, I, I, I can appreciate that because we talk, we cover a lot of topics <laughs> here on the Visual Lounge as well. All right, last question Good. for you. Uh, and I'll just warn you, everyone tells us this is our hardest question um, because it, they, they never expect it. The last question is, is there any question you'd like to ask me? We've we've spent a long, long time chatting about you and your background. and. Uh, is there anything you'd like to know from me or TechSmith? Yeah, I saw that you for ages a TechSmith. Smith. Mm -hmm. Never thought to change jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Never. I, wait, that's an option? It's <laughs> <laughs> an option. And now I can tell you, no, there's no option for other tools like Snagit and Camtasia. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> Just right. You, you know, it's interesting. Uh, if you would have asked me, like when I started at TechSmith, like, are you going to be here a long time? I probably would have said, you know, no, because I'm like everybody else around my age, you know, going to move jobs, mm -hmm. different things. Uh, and I, although I've done a lot of different jobs at TechSmith, like, you know, I've created tutorials. I've been a manager of uh, uh, training teams. I've been a manager in marketing and social media and video. And, and then mm -hmm. I've done, so I've done, you know, so it's a lot like, even though it's the same company, I've done a lot of different things and that's been really empowering and in, in, in staying and let's be honest it's not like i you know haven't ever had that thought cross my mind but i also love what i do 
Uh, and I'm very fortunate to work for a company that has, has great tools and that allows me to continue to grow and, and try new things and do new things. And so, you know, at some point, will that change? Maybe. And if they li- listen up, TechSmith, you change too much on me. <laughs> That, you know, who knows? <laughs> so, the, like, look. Yeah, I love uh, this answer, but I also want to mention to, to close the loop for something in the very beginning of this call. Yeah. Um, I'm not sponsored. I'm not sponsored by anyone. So I'm not sponsored by Texmas or anybody. And I want to stay this way. I'm sponsored by my members. So they pay me to be in the membership. And this is to stay unbiased. However, as soon as I like a tool, for example, like Snagit, and now you can call me out that yeah, I'm sponsored again. But... <laughs> I negotiate uh, discounts with the tools that I like, and we also have discounts for Snagit and Camtasia inside the membership exclusive for the members. And I'm happy, thank you very much, TechSmith, for giving me these discounts. Um, I'm not getting a commission for this one uh, inside the membership. So as soon as you're in and use these links, I don't get anything that you use this. Um, yeah, if you watch the videos, you see my explanation why I use these tools. So yeah, yeah. and I can confirm Matt, Whoever I met so far on TechSmith, I really love you guys' attitude. It is fun talking to you guys, um, so I can understand why you're still there. Well, Tom, it has been a pleasure to talk with you. I love your stories. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the videos and uh, trying to learn all I can about all the different things that hopefully I'll someday have a system as well that I can, I, I, I'll talk to you about. Yeah, <laughs> Not right now. This, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Tom, thank you so much yeah. once again. We sure appreciate you guys. Go check out Tom's stuff. Go check out his videos. They are really good if you're interested in any of this stuff. Tom, we will talk with you later. So before I leave, because I messed up earlier at the beginning, if you're, if you're still with us, let me just play this quick video here because we've got a really great opportunity. If you want, haven't purchased TechSmith products yet, here's your opportunity. Hey everybody, it is the biggest sale of the year for TechSmith. You don't want to miss it. Coming up on November 29th and November 30th, you're going to find great discounts on all the TechSmith products. It's only available online, so you'll want to check it out. Don't miss it. November 29th and November 30th. Yes, that's right. Cyber Monday. All right, we got some really great opportunities coming up on those sales. Watch, keep out, check on your email, check the website. You'll see them coming up soon with more details. But with that said, whatever you're doing, whether you're trying to use images, video, you're just trying to get better at your workplace productivity, there's so many things you can learn to do better. We just encourage you, take a little time every single day to get a little bit better and to level up. We will see you guys. We've got another great guest. If you like comic books, do you like Deadpool? Because we've got Buddy Scalera next week. He wrote Deadpool comics and he's going to be talking to us about videos, storytelling, and more. So we'll see you all next week.